Darmstadt on Air number 17. Fighting Formations. Peter Meanwell and Marshall Trumel in conversation. Welcome to Darmstadt on Air, a podcast with conversations on music that are hosted by tutors of the Darmstadt Summer Course. My name is Silvia Freidank from the Darmstadt team and I'd like to introduce the interview that Peter Meanwell recorded for us. We've been working with Peter for a couple of years now and he has helped us a lot to establish a program for young music journalists and other people who are passionate about writing about music and talking about it on the radio. As a journalist, Peter has written for The Wire and Songlines and for more than 10 years he worked as radio producer for the BBC. Peter Meanwell is the artistic director of Borealis, a festival for experimental music that takes place every year in Bergen in Norway. This year, in 2021, you can experience the festival online from March 17 to March 21. Artist in residence at Borealis will be Marshall Tremel, and we are happy that Peter also invited Marshall as his dialogue partner for this Darmstadt on Air podcast. Born in California in 1972, Marshall Trammell is a percussionist, composer, conductor and archivist. His artistic practice brings together research, political aesthetic theory, activism and community-based production. He investigates artistic strategies to enact change and transformation and understands improvisation as a collective movement-building tool in the creation of post-capitalist imaginaries. In Marshall's work, as Peter observes in the talk, political activism and musical integrity do not seem to be a contradiction. We hope you enjoy listening. So, hi, Marshall. I'm talking to you from Bergen in Norway. My name is Peter. Meanwhile, I'm artistic director of Borealis, a festival for experimental music here uh, in Bergen. And uh, I'm also a radio maker and a podcast maker. Um... And uh, I'm really happy to be talking to Marshall Trammell. Where are you, Marshall? I'm in Oakland, California. I'm on uh, on Turchenio and Ohlone land in the in the Bay Area, California. Okay. Is that the is that the acknowledgement of place? It's part of the, part of the conversation about the acknowledgement of place and what it means. You know, right? Um, it's like here. You know, if there's a, there's like a, a Malcolm X. High school, a public middle school, or something. Then, what does it mean that it is named after this, after these people? You know, so um, it's part of the, our, our 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 conversation to center and ground us. It's important to say the words right, but sometimes they just don't come out. <laughs> <My mouth. laughs> Correctly. So, Marshall, you're you're a percussionist, a multi percussionist, a composer. Uh, an artist, an archivist, there's many things. And I want to uh, just that we spend this time getting to know your practice because you've been somebody who's been really inspirational to me over the last few years. Um, and we're working together uh, through the Festival Borealis, which is why um, I wanted that we have this conversation now. But before we get into that, how we met and what that kind of, what struck me then, I just wondered, do you want to say anything about your stutter? Yeah, I could talk about the stutter. So, um, you know, I was raised in Hawaii, 
an Oahu, a son of a, a, a military father. It's also just the, the youngest son of, of three and just witnessed a lot of this violence in the home, domestic violence. My mother and her brothers all stutter. They were all raised in, in, in Kansas City and they saw a lot of heavy things in their lives. And I, as a kid, I, I just remember I, I, had, I started to stutter and I realized that it was through witnessing violence. When you witness violence from those who bring you up or those who are your most uh, uh, tethered to emotionally, physically, um, it's, it's uh, a, a, a rupture. And I feel like when I speak, I have this continual rupture. Like I have to talk about, it. I have to talk about to talk about chattel, chattel slavery. I have to talk about uh, the fact that I stutter in the wit in witnessing violence, and then having to like love the person who's committing violence in my home, right? Like love this uh, person. How, how how do I do that? And I'm still that kid in a way. And the way that I am able to address it is really through music. And it's not. Yeah, uh, it is through my applications of my body and my memory to the, the drum set. And, and I play other instruments, but I stick with the drum set and the bata, which is a, a solo bata system, primarily. Our articulation is something I think about that doesn't necessarily... Well, that also in, 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 in includes stuttering. I don't think that you know, flu like, like 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 fluency in my home language uh, precludes me not stuttering. Like I, like this is my fluency. This is my uh, iteration. This is this is this is my. So um, and I, in my own drum like 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 bodily, I I I I realize I have this um, fluttering style. I guess of drumming. Just like I do like one-handed rolls. With each of my limbs, and I have this kind of, um, I have this approach that emerged un unconsciously, uh, actually just through listening to the natural world in a workshop setting, and then playing, and then I was like, oh yeah, this feels really natural, and it, it's, uh, and then people would come up to me and ask me about my stuttering and related to how I play, and I'm like, hey, I'm just playing the drums here, you know, but uh, it's actually like I like thinking about it, like it actually. The ethos, the the ecology, the 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 ways in which this stutter grow just grew is um, indicative of my performance style. And then people in my workshops, people in my concerts, hear me stutter. They hear me in different forms. Um, my uncle, I have an uncle, has like a bodily stutter. His whole body, you know, and, and it's just a, a a very different music, I guess you could say. Um, but I, uh, it's also this opportunity, like stuttering also allows me the opportunity to point to the phenomenon of like violence and how a violence in our homes, uh, violence in the, um, the governments that we support and their, their appendages in the military. And then that being emplaced upon Hawaii and, the, and those people. So I feel like, I feel like kind of, I feel a debt to folks and then a debt to um, other people who've experienced violence on heavy, heavier systems. Uh, my, my mother was a, a direct victim of it. And so like, like witnessing that um, makes that present. And I don't wanna, I don't wanna forget that. And I want, I, don't, I want people to come away with knowing that. Thank you. I just wondered if you could kind of orient us in terms of your musical roots. And like, when we think of you as a, as a musician, like what, where do we, you know, where, where do we place you? 
It's very important for me to begin with the land acknowledgement, which is also like internally I acknowledge the indigenous just indigeneity that are like the another aspects of it that you know that are part of my childhood and part of my my upbringing through my family. My family, they're you know they're. Largely African Americans from the South and the Midwest of the, of the United States, and then I was raised in in Hawaii. And um, as uh, my father was a, a, a Marine, he kind of got out of the working class conditions of the mid the Midwest um, and joined the Marine Corps to fight for the, for the United States. And then we were placed in Hawaii. And then I was introduced to uh, Hawaiian. Indigenous um, like treasures, you know, like dance and textiles and rowing and all that stuff. And my imagination, like the the folklore and the all the stories and good lord, everything. So uh, um, uh, and and also just the way that we played and spoke. And so I returned to that. And the music research strategies is my platform. And it's a, 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 a lens for me to look at the kind of strategies in the communities that are producing like musics of different places. I think the more that I play the drum set, like, the more important the, 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 the materials are. And so um, it's important for me to, 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 to modify the drum set as, you know, it's a very American, African American, I don't know how you'd say that, in American, at least in my, my, my context, like the way that um, blues being formed, you know, in the United States and, and the drum set being a, a part of the, the evolution of that. I play a, a modified drum set to kind of create an, a, a new space for a, a, new, a new vernacular, a new like set of elements for a language that I speak uh, with the drum set. I think my work is a way for me to like, tear into some of the kind of like modern aspects of my life and seek out what are the core, 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 core elements as I continue. Because when I met you the first time, Marshall, it was 2016. I think Donald Trump had just been elected. We were in Oslo and we were both on a panel at the All Ears Improv and Noise Festival there. And we got talking over hotel breakfast, as you do. Uh, we, we used to do <laughs> before this year happened. Um, and I think what really struck me at that point was just that some of you were there. I mean, you were also there with your duo, Black Spirituals, with Zachary James Watkins, uh, the guitarist at the time. Um, but what really struck me at that point, it was kind of, I was thinking a lot about, okay, I run this experimental music festival, but this asshole's just been, you know, elected presidents in the states and you know the far right was on the rise in europe and you know it somehow it felt like a moment of crisis i don't think we foresaw what was yet to come um but at that moment i really was asking myself a lot of questions about like what's the what's the point of this i mean what's the point of doing this kind of music festival now you know when there seems to be so much bigger issues in society to deal with and and uh, i was having this kind of moment of crisis and we, we talked a lot and you 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 mentioned at that point how you were you know you were touring but you were always trying to find other ways to express your practice and also to connect with communities when you traveled to be you know to maybe do a gig in a shelter at the same time as doing a gig in a club and 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 there was this kind of duality or this kind of enmeshing of political uh social kind of investigations alongside the experimental musical and sonic investigations and that really gave me hope 
at the time. Um, I mean, it still does give me hope, but it was it was really exciting at that point to realize that here was somebody who's uh, who these weren't two separate parts of their practice or their life. Um, and this was something that you were working on. So has that always been present, that in, in meshing of, of music and politics in your in your work? Or is that something that came to you at a certain point? In, in Hawaii, there's a very powerful technology that they use. It may be used in other places called called talking story. So it's kind of like weaving your stories together. And and like talking talking story, just talking with people, but it's a very like like generative way um, means of in, 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 in investigation, right? Participating in your community uh, and sharing. I um, I should just fast forward. Like so, in the early early nineties, I came to 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 San Francisco to go to college. Most homeless people ever saw ever. So I immediately I was in and out of school uh, working on anti-homelessness campaigns and like, you know, learning, you know, ethnographic stuff, but actually more like being like having to do surveys about unhoused people and people on on disability receiving checks. So that was part of my work was about like the, the politics of my city. So when I got involved, like Bay Area, of course, has a very heavy like political histories. Um, but I've, uh, I found work in, in, in those places, um, not as a musician, but as an in, 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 in organizer. Talking story with people in, in the, my, my context um, about how they're, 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 they're navigating the economies that we all share, the world that we share. And so I was sort of like, you know, so I was committed, you know, I was part of a, a part, part of different groups that were re, 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 reclaiming spaces for unhoused people and other things. And also like, 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 like challenging the state, which for me, like punk rock you know, was very influ- influential. Uh, you know, I was involved with ska music and involved with different types of musics, but I think punk and certain elements, other elements were very directed against the state. And I loved experimental music, however, like, you know, but I, I never, I didn't really find the, a, 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 a direct co- correlation to, to changes in, the, in our shared system within, well, within the, the very strong and powerful Bay Area community of, of improvised music. So I would just, you know, I would just leave this music scene. <laughs> and like people, hey, Marshall, are you going to, I'm like, no, I'm gone. I'm do- I was doing work in different places. And that's been, you know, I've been here for 25 years, almost, um, almost 30 years. Uh, but uh, um, so I've continued those practices. So I should say that I'm also part of, of, of like, you know, the, 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 the cooperative aspects. So what's one thing I like about improvised music or that musicians we look at the change from dance music, jazz to bebop, and that's like artists are focusing on themselves, and the audience shifts. They're witnessing art being created, the music, the art form, and then with on the stage itself, it's like a, you know. So I always wonder what do what 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 are musicians, what are what are audience members taking home? How does this treasure of of communication? That happens on this stage. How does it get beyond the, the bandstand, and how does it get into to music that affects our, our our daily lives? So I work with people who are are organizing some kind of project against the the prison in 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 in, in, in industrial complex or some other element that a lot of us don't really want to deal with. We benefit from from those kind of works 
uh, but we don't want to do it sometimes. But so I'll, I took it. I take it upon myself to access those, those those workers. What if they're listening to experimental music while they're while they're working? Because <laughs> like, and so I thought, well, you know, you know, there. Uh, how how can experimental practices affect the way that social justice or, or, or organizing front lines or organizing? Could work, and so I started thinking about ways that would invite people into a broader process than project and listening to very strange music. Like pop music is popular because it's very accessible. Um, you know, avant-garde practices are not. At this moment, when you were in the Bay Area, like you just moved from from, from Hawaii, and then you're opting out of the music scene. Is that? Did you read that as like a complacency in your colleagues, or like a disinterest, or a just a you know they, they they just operated with a level of privilege at them and they didn't need to see the kind of the injustice and with within the unhoused community or like what was that because that's quite a big thing to, to kind of at that point then your activism and your music practice are separate right in san diego i i i i i, I gravitated to activism at punk venues so um, because I, I, we had friends who would, who were punks and they were like queer and doing whatever they want to do, but they would go down to the border and fight the Minutemen. The, the, the Minutemen would go to the border and shine their car lights on, on the border to help Border Patrol catch people. And this is the border with Mexico. So people, people who wanted to cross into the US, then the Minutemen were this vigilante kind of force that were kind of helping out. And so you and you'd go down. You and your punk friends would go and uh, fight the Minutemen. I was lucky to to get to know folks who were doing that already. I was just, I was organ, I was just yeah, I was impressed. So I you know got to know them. Uh, some of those folks we still we still we still in contact. Um, I was a part of an anti racist scooter club. Like we weren't mods or boot, or whatever rude boys, but we would fight the boot boys and other jerks that would come to the clubs that were seeing great music. Um, uh, just like punk rock, like I mean, like you know, pu- uh, pu- uh, you know, pu- uh, Public Enemy, KRS One, very important. But in like they didn't have the kind of energy of, you know, the consistent energy of punk rock, and uh, and uh, uh, and so I needed to like express myself that way uh, through energy. And then I, um, I, you asked me about, yeah, other people. Like I just didn't have other people in the Bay Area uh, who weren't punks, for instance. I just didn't. Uh, they were very. They were. They were. Were, were, were too few uh, of, of exper- ex- experimental mu- mu- musicians that were aligned with progressive change. But um, uh, indigenous arts, you know, people would have an event and they'd have someone playing indigenous. And like that was already. That's already part of the Bay Area ethos of uh, of. of 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 organizing, and so the structures of indigenous music are really different from whatever could happen with exper- exper- experimental practices. So I just wanted to try to find people who were thinking in the same way, and then move together, and uh, that's the process. It's it's interesting the way you talk. I mean, I, I've thought about this a lot as well. Is that the you talk a lot about structures and organizational principles, and I think that's something that's really attracted me to your work as well as this thinking about how we organize and why we organize and these kind of things and i think if we look at the history of uh, say the avant-garde in america then you know we see we see organizations like the aacm in chicago with uh, you know muha richard abrams with with anthony braxton george lewis nicole mitchell people who are kind of part of this progressive 
organization that was set up independently of what for a long time was considered the American avant-garde in terms of composition and in terms of like progressive music making. I I think it's just really interesting because there's a, there's a different pedagogy there if we look at the ACM in the 70s as to a different way of working separate to the separate to what would have been considered the mainstream of musical kind of education or um and that, do you, do you find that you're building a pedagogy as well as you as you work or do you draw on these kind of role models from the past or in the in the, in the 90s mid to to late too late late 90s uh, I formed a, a collective with some good friends and we basically modeled ourselves after some some uh, out of out of out, out uh, from curricular curricular like 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 elements from the AACM which were you know gleaned from maybe forces in motion Baxton's book or this is before George Lewis's book so it was just we're just looking for stuff, you know, kids. It's so funny. Like we wanted to have like a, a vernacular studies on the things that we did as an ensemble. And that was probably like, like, like 20 years now or almost 15 years, 15 years. And I, I still, I still have a, a vernacular approach, um, which is like, what is my solo practice? How do I, how do we work in duos, trios and so forth? And that was a kind of data collection that the pedagogy from AECM that was going on. I kind of we borrowed some of those things and we applied those to our ensemble. And that was years ago. But in my, my work, I led a, a, a series for a, 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 a year focused on creative musicians exploring their, their vernacular in different like settings. It would help, help me to, um, to define my own voice and my, my solo voice and then how to listen in, a, in other aspects. There's a quote from George um, Lewis's book on the ACM where he says, um, indeed, it seems fitting that in the wake of the radical physical and even mental silencing of slavery, as distinct from, say, an aestheticized silence of four minutes or so, African-Americans developed an array of musical practices that encouraged all to speak. So th- this notion of encouraging voices and encouraging uh, voices that had been brutally and historically and ongoingly silenced, that the ACM's kind of pedagogy and ways of organizing would, were made in response to that or partly in response to that. Yeah, you know, that, that, like, you know, that goes back to, 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 to talking story, you know, like um, having able to voice yourself, you know, and be heard and be part of the economies of participation. Just, you know, and it's great that people are just creating their own like site-specific community specific ways in which to access these stories and access these these voices and to to navigate the economy globally like to you know to uh be a part of the world the world conversation like how do we embody our relationships to the multiverse how do we embody the 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 pluriverse and then uh, uh, create uh, create music and create opportunities for our voices to explode the confines of the context in which we're born but I wonder, like the the return journey. Then, how does this this activism find its way back into your playing or into your music? How does that how does that return loop? Because I think this is what what's super interesting for me in terms of of a musical kind of narrative as well. Like, where where do you feel that that comes back? So we go back a bit to nineteen ninety three. We look to ninety four. We look at the the, the Zapatista. Uh, rebellion and the importance of that on a global level. And that was a huge impact on me as a youngster 
um, who I didn't want to go fight in the, in the Gulf War like three, four years before. And, uh, and I, was, I was politically engaged. And the Zapatista uprising, this like indigenous group that had these relationships with non-indigenous academics and like, like you know, militants. But the formation of people going, and that, that formation, super important. Are the ways that um, the, the interconnectivity of these indigenous groups organized for war and, and protection of their, 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 her, their heritage and the land so their great-great-great-grandchildren can always have a place to grow food. For me, like, um, it was important for me to have a relationship with whatever I was doing that was in those threads. And I had to, so when I'm playing the music, it's not just me, Marshall Tamel. it's a part of a, a, a conversation. It's part of a, a relationship that we're, um, we want to build. We want to, to, to broadcast and also invite people in and also join. But I feel like, um, I feel like, you know, I've heard so many different examples of the Freedom Orchestra record. I'm like, and what? Like, are any of those people on that record, were they connected to any social justice? If it was, if they were connected to any organization, then it, it wasn't explicit. I was like, that's not acceptable. Like, you need to, I mean, that's not acceptable for me. You know, Paulina Averroes, she would have people go around the stock exchange and to, 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 to levitate it. That's a very powerful thing. Like, you know, that's a very direct challenges space it challenges who you are where you are and holding hands you know that's that's more musical i keep trying to uh partner with different organizations to bring in new like listeners new new means of even addressing like sort like source material if i'm just playing a solo i could be sourcing my own feelings um that's a wonderful thing but what if my what i play on the drum is actually sourcing uh, uh, more like you know, like, like like critical work, and that's basically what I've been doing. It's like gen- like like to, like you know, generating uh, means to um, to activate the architecture, the space and time of the drum set or whatever I'm playing uh, as not being an island. It's actually a part of all these like like you know, lineages. I don't want my music to be focused on me. Like what? What is Marshall doing? But but how is Marshall a part of this broader conversation? And then how does it serve the community in which you know which we're a part of? So the, this this notion of like this, as you said, this idea of of the musician not being an island, the drum kit isn't an island. That it it is it's interconnected with everything around, and all of these currents that flow. And if you know your personal history has like many currents of, that flow just through you as a human being, but for all of us, we sit the nexus of those of power dynamics, of of social cultural histories, of oppressions, of of these things. So actually, no musician is uh, is can escape from those nexuses of of histories and 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 ideas or communities around them and i guess that's the i guess that's that's the question that i was asking myself in 216 was like like sitting here with this kind of uh this music that is often regarded as inaccessible or as as you know for an elite or for uh you know how can we change that situation how can we change that dynamic but without compromising the the musical integrity right this 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 space of exploration or this space of uh we don't want to apologize for the nobody wants to make pop music we don't want to apologize for the complexity or for the nuance of the music that we're making but at the same time it doesn't feel right that it just exists in this bubble of kind of uh highly aestheticized 
uh, ignorance or uh, complacency. You know, I think uh, you know, like you meeting you helped me to to recenter this like like the journalistic endeavor of ethnography. Like what you know, because it's you know the way that I was listening to your podcast and 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 related things, and they go how how can you know, then I started thinking, well, how can I go out and you know, looking at the, the, the legacy of, of organizing, you know, like you know, union organizing. I love that people would travel across the country and meet and set up unions and set up these discuss, set up these things, these, these aggregates. And I like that. Um, then I started, you know, once I got back to, uh, after after that visit to Norway, I was started thinking about, oh, how do I how do I how can I connect with you and the access that you and the the you know, the breadth of work and then how could I, you know, continue this like, like conversation into my, my context. I guess if we were to try to try and conclude, it sounds to me like that, that this kind of, this life process of, of, of being a musician and being an activist and a political agitator, a political strategist, um, an archivist, you like what you've done is you're kind of, you're using both sides to explode the other in a way you're using the zapatista strategies you're using these histories you're using ways to kind of create not only new inputs into your musical expression but also to kind of create new ways of of organizing music of, of organizing people and then then kind of the the feedback loop is there you're also using this kind of newly expanded exploded music to kind of re-energize different audiences and to put tools and and power back into audiences maybe who've been disenfranchised from from experimental music or art music or or who who kind of who wouldn't normally have the kind of context within which to work in that music so that 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 rather than it being a kind of a simple uh a simple binary of like political music or, or music and politics it's this kind of enmeshing of tools and technologies and strategies from both sides of the of the musical political pathway sure yeah because I, I i didn't even though I, I didn't never had a strong relationship with with traditional music writing like the the sort of arabic script that we use in writing language and uh performing these things and um i just didn't have a relationship to this to the maybe it's like a a, 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 a sort of de-schooling de perspective on on scholastics, like how how we're taught these things, and I just I I well I need to have more relationship to the text, and so um, history is this text that that I wanted to like construct a relationship through signaling, right? We can call it. So in the even with my conduction, I get to signal people to to perform their embodied um, their their voices you know, within, within, the, within, the, within the score. And that, you know, when we have, you know, a collective change, like change doesn't happen without each of us. So if we're all invested, we're stakeholders in what, I, what we're doing together. It, it uh, you know, I want that to, to, to come across to the audience is that, yes, there's mastery amongst all these, these folks, you know, these musicians that have gathered, but then like, you know, what, um, the construction might come home with them. They're not going to list, not, you know, when they, you know, hopefully people will think about how it was, was, was organized. They may not think about some magnificent phrase someone played on their instrument. They may, but within this, with, within the, the, the presentation that they are also have valence and they also have a part of it. And I, um, um, 
I definitely, I've actually really considered not playing the drum set anymore just to step away from that, uh, the, um, the mindset of that's a tied to this instrument. It's tied to the market production. It's tied to uh, this history of, say, Black people's not having access to the industry in which they're goddamn building and supporting through our labor and our music and stuff. So why, why, why am I participating in that? So I, you know, I play folkloric drums and I study these things and I had to change the drum set. I had to change the, the, the container in which I'm operating in so, um, to serve stuff. Um, now I think um, when I'm generating new, like new, like like new codes, and some people that I gathered are going to create new, a new aesthetic. I feel like that's a that's an opening for me to play the drums. Like it's an opening for me to return to to the 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 the, the conversation. And that's a new paradigm that you're creating through starting with these methodologies that gives everybody a voice. And that's what it has in common with social justice movements, that everyone then, whether audience or performer or conduction, their power is not kind of derived from some historical, hierarchical, musical system or political system, but you've given everyone a voice within that. You've given everyone agency within that relationship. And that's maybe that's where the freedom to play again comes from. And I think uh, um, the the investigation to be clear on my instrument, to like really be to articulate well my instrument, it's related to how I'm articulating myself as a stutterer, because <laughs> I, I you know we need to be very clear when we're doing education, music education, whatever kind of education. Like, what do people take away? And so many musicians don't want to think about the audiences because we're playing gigs every night. You know, like who cares? It's like we're playing. We, you know, but uh, um, I'm not. I don't do that. So I opt towards these critical investigations so yeah so as a so i was a drummer for a while then i thought i would explain describe myself as a percussionist a percussionist gets more money than a drummer generally <laughs> sometimes a percussionist wears the tie you know you have a little bit more something but as a music research strategist i redefine like my relationship to this into the industry and i can do it any way i want so um people ask me what i do i don't say i'm a drummer i say i'm a music research strategist which which begins this broader like 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 broader you know a broader and more specific kind of conversation marshall thank you so much for talking to me uh for this dumpster on air podcast it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to uh, to support like the development and growth of, of your of, of your work and pr- pr- professional life, and it's it's a great opportunity that that you've asked me to contribute my voice and my work to this legacy of of like community exploration, sound exploration, um, and it's kind of like an entry for me to continue exploring. <laughs>